welcome back to another edition of Don't Give Up the Ship podcast. We're on episode six. Uh, today we're going to be talking about leadership by example and why it's the most powerful tool available for you to inspire trust and loyalty in those that you lead. And we're going to get really deep into that. It should be a shorter episode because it's it's a topic that um, we're, o- we're only going to talk about that and, and I'm going to focus on how you can use it and then give some examples of it. Uh, but first, like always, we're going to do the history segment, and uh, and this is one that's kind of near and dear to my heart as a chief, and it's we're going to talk about Chief Water Tender Peter Tomich uh, and what he did on the USS Utah that resulted in his being awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions. And so Chief Tomich uh, is a huge figure in Chief's history, being one of the few chiefs to be awarded the Medal of Honor as a chief, and he is somebody that uh, is a big piece of our history also because... Uh, the Senior Enlisted Academy's main academic annex is named after him. It's Thomas Hall, uh, which I just had the pleasure of attending as, as a student at the Senior Enlisted Academy. It's very cool, and it's steeped in history. And it was actually the home of his Medal of Honor for uh, a period of time. And uh, what I'm going to talk about is what he did. And, and first, uh, I'm going to read his Medal of Honor citation, and then I'm going to tell a little bit of a story about uh, kind of the, the unique journey of his medal being awarded to his next of kin. So, for distinguished conduct in the line of his profession and extraordinary courage and disregard of his own safety during the attack on the fleet in Pearl Harbor by the Japanese forces on 7 December 1941, although realizing that the ship was capsizing as a result of enemy bombing and torpedoing, Tomich remained at his post in the engineering plant of the USS Utah until he saw that all the boilers were secured and that all fire room personnel had left their stations and by so doing lost his own life. So the way this went down was Chief Tomich in the, early in the morning uh, on December 7th was in the boiler rooms doing work. <laughs> and so when the attacks began, he immediately recognized what was happening. And it was one of the first ships to be attacked. And it's believed that they mistook the USS Utah, which they knew from their reconnaissance to be an old non-combatant. Essentially, it was a training ship. It was a very old ship that was not used uh, in war fighting. So initially, the Japanese reconnaissance said, don't even bother attacking the ship. Like, don't waste the ammunition, basically. But it's believed that they mistook it for an aircraft carrier, and it was so that's why it was one of the first ships to be hit. And when it happened, he immediately recognized what was happening and told everyone to immediately evacuate the compartment. So he went out of his way and made sure that all of his personnel were out of the boiler rooms and got off the ship to safety because he knew in a very short period of time they wouldn't be able to escape anymore. And then he also, after most of his, or after all of his personnel had escaped, he then calmly went around the boiler room, shutting down all the boilers that he knew if the ship capsized, uh, the boilers would explode, and that explosion would kill the majority of the personnel, not only trying to escape the ship, but those that were in the water, uh, having already escaped the ship, would also probably suffer severe injuries or die as a result of these boilers exploding. So he ignored the order to evacuate the ship and went around shutting down these boilers one by one. uh, And in doing so, uh, lost his opportunity to escape the ship and then lost his life. And so this is the example that I wanted to give for leading by example. He knew first and foremost, he had to get his people out of there and did what he had to do to do so. But then, I mean, he could have ran. He could have got out of there. He could have escaped and took his chances and tried to try to kind of save his own skin. But he didn't do that. 
um, because he knew it was his responsibility as the leader and as the the person responsible for those boilers. He knew that if he didn't do it, no one would, and that explosion could potentially kill uh, a bunch of his sailors. So he did what he had to do, and I thought it was a very strong example of leadership by example. And then something that was very interesting that also, for me, tied into this story, and I actually, I didn't know this before I did a little bit of research, was that the medal wasn't awarded immediately after Peter Thomas's death because he had no next of kin that was a, they were that the Navy was aware of. He had listed someone that they couldn't track down. And so that was what led to the medal first being on the destroyer escort that was named for Peter Thomas uh, until 1974 when it was decommissioned. But then it was in Thomas Hall. It was displayed in Thomas Hall uh, because there was no one to give it to. And then... Uh, Rear Admiral Robert Lunny decided that he thought it was a he thought it was an issue that the, we hadn't taken the time to track down his next of kin, and so he basically funded his in his own search, where which involved him traveling to Croatia and tracking down Peter Tomic's family, uh, and he found himself on May eighteenth, two thousand and six, aboard the aircraft carrier USS Enterprise CVN six five anchored off the coast of Split, Croatia. And there, with full Navy honors and plenty of brass on hand, the long-orphaned medal found a home. It went to a distant cousin of Chief Tomic, Lieutenant Colonel Sreko Herzig Tonic, which was uh, his native name. He changed it to Tomic after he got his citizenship in the United States, of the Croatian Armed Forces. He's the grandson of John Tonic, with whom Tomic had immigrated to the United States in 1913. And for the Tonic clan, it was an emotional moment. Uh, for Admiral Lunny, it was a triumph because he spent a lot of time trying to get this medal home. And so the families gathered on the Enterprise and the, and the medal was presented. And it was a pretty great concept for me that the Admiral took the time to lead by example and realize that everybody, everyone else... Uh, who's ever been awarded the medal? The, the medal got home. It got to it got to either the next of kin or the person if if they had survived the action, they were awarded the medal. And some comments that a guest speaker made, uh, he kind of like asked the uh, rhetorical question: What makes a man when the ship is hit with torpedoes and listing forty degrees and sinking? What makes a simple and honest and straightforward man stay at his duty station, chasing the people in his command to get out? That is what is remarkable in human nature. What we call valor is done by people who seemingly are so ordinary on the outside. And he was describing Peter Tomich in those comments. Uh, and so that was something that I thought on both accounts, not just with Chief Tomich, who, who at least in the Chiefs community, and, and I hope now that this helps kind of get it out to some of the junior sailors, the story of Peter Tomich, but uh, with also with Admiral Lunny taking the time to kind of make sure this metal gets home. And he re- he encountered a lot of resistance from Big Navy, essentially, on, on going out of their way to, to find uh, this metal's home and to get it there and to actually release it to people uh, that were not the Navy. Uh, they were resistant to that at first. And then once Admiral Lunny had actually found his family, uh, they finally got the metal back to his family in 2006. Uh, so I thought that was a very powerful uh, story in relation to the topic today. Uh, which is leading by example. So now now we're going to get into it. So leading by example 
And this, you know, some of this is my opinion, but it's a very popular opinion in that leading by example is the best possible way to influence those you're charged with leading to follow you. And so junior sailors need to understand the power of that example in both junior level leadership positions they find themselves in and also in the way that they represent themselves. And this one's important because it's missed a lot. The way they represent themselves to shipmates to the other armed services, and then to the civilian population. And they're representing themselves as United States sailors all the time. So this doesn't just apply to leadership in the classic sense. It, it applies to the, the responsibility you have by being a United States sailor in representing that concept uh, to those that you represent yourself to, like your shipmates, other services, and then the civilian population. Uh, so we're going to talk about the power of leading by example and why it's so effective. And then we're going to talk through some examples of leading in this manner. Uh, so the first main thing I want to talk about is, is what is this? Like, what is leadership by example? And so I imagine every one of you have heard the term uh, talk the talk and walk the walk, right? So sometimes people talk the talk and then don't quite walk the walk, right? The do as I say, not as I do types. So the key with leadership by example is that you have to walk the walk. The ones that we see doing this are the examples that we point at and we're like, man, that's a leader right there. Like that's somebody I'd be willing to follow because I know that they live by the principles that they lead by. They're not just saying it. They're not just, you know, reading a John Maxwell book and repeating it, but then they don't live any of those things because they don't really believe them. They want to take the easy way out or they don't want to do it the hard way. And it's hard. It's hard to carry that responsibility and it's hard to do it the right way. And I can tell you by the experience I've had as a chief that doing this the right way is extremely difficult. Uh, and you got to clock in every day and really just grind and really put the work in. And, and there's times where you get tired and you get beat down and you're like, ah, maybe, you know, today I just don't feel like doing this. But it's, you have this responsibility. Uh, you have the responsibility to live by the principles that you're leading by. You can't just say things and then not do them yourselves because the second you do that, you just lower your standard and you start to lose the faith of the people that you're leading. And then also not hiding behind a facade that you're that you're perfect. A lot of times, especially with chiefs when we pull on this uniform, but any leader, when you're put in a leadership position, kind of feel like they have to be perfect or they have to create this image that they're infallible and you're not and it's okay and I hope that I've represented that uh, in previous episodes of the podcast to you by telling stories of of my failures and, and I hope that you pick up that on that concept for leadership uh, because it's effective it, it's okay to talk about your downfalls it's okay to talk about your weaknesses because other people can learn from them the experiences you went through where you encountered a failure and then learned a very powerful lesson from it are some of the best leadership lessons they're some of the best stories that you can tell that will save someone else from going through the same pain you went through uh, one of the ones with when I'm training chiefs is that I use very consistently is my first year as a chief was tough. Like it was very, very difficult where I was adjusting to my role as an LCPO. And I tell a story where I spent the first probably six to nine months standing in front of my chief of the boat, which for, for you non-submarine sailors is a CMC, just getting flame sprayed. Like he, I just, you know, I was not 
meeting the standard. I was not living up to the expectation that he had for me. And he let me know it. And he let me know it every day, every single time that something I did or my performance dipped under the where his bar was. He yanked me up there and let me have it. And I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to get around this or, or how I was supposed to convince him that I got it and then I'm taking care of business or to remedy whatever my problem was. And I kept, uh, I had some conversations with a senior chief that was mentoring me and he kept telling me, you got to go up there and talk to him. You got to go up there and talk to him. Uh, he, you know, you got to let him know and give him this warm fuzzy that you are on top of it. He, he doesn't know. So he's, you know, when, when something goes wrong, he's assuming that you're not on top of it. And so after establishing some trust with him, and letting him know that I, in fact, am on top of it, that, you know, it kind of, I did, that stopped happening where I was getting pulled up there and, and getting flame sprayed. And so that story not only shows that I am, in fact, fallible and that I spent a significant amount of time not, you know, living up to the expectation that my leadership had for me, but it's a powerful lesson for people that are in that position to, the, to figure out how to deal with it. And it gives an example of that that first year is very difficult and so on. So it's a story that you can point at and use from your own experience that shows that not only are you not perfect, you're not hiding behind a facade, but that you are comfortable and confident enough in your own leadership ability and just in yourself as a person to share that with them and then share that story so that they can learn from it so that hopefully they don't have to go through the same experience that you did. And then passion, and this is one that I I am very passionate about, uh, pun intended, is that this is a piece that creates belief and trust, and it's often overlooked, and it, it, it's something that uh, you can't be afraid to let your charges see it, because there's a distinct difference between passion and like anger or frustration or, or yelling, uh, and, and the people that you're leading are smart enough to tell the difference. I promise you they're smart enough to tell the difference, and it's okay to get fired up and it's okay to show them how much you care about something and that you're passionate about something. And in being passionate, you also, you have to be living it. And I'll get into it when I get to the examples, but being passionate about what you're communicating in your charges is big because, you know, you can be walking the walk and you can be training them and doing the other things, but being passionate about what you're communicating to them or what you're trying to get them to accomplish is something that it kind of shows them kind of like we've talked about previously it demonstrates to them that you care about it that this isn't just something i'm saying i'm not just putting a check in the box like this is important and i use it a lot because i mean i'm a passionate person and there's a lot of things that i get passionate about but it's something that it's a very very effective communication tool if 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 that makes sense um, so it's something that it's kind of, it's not exactly verbal, but it's sort of body language, sort of just voice inflection kind of thing where, where they're going to pick up on that you're passionate about something and that it's very important to you, vice if I said it in a very monotone, you know, low key kind of voice. So why is leadership by example so effective? Trust is a big piece of it. And, and just in leadership in general, trust is huge, but Leadership, by example, builds trust. So knowing that you have the integrity to live by the principles you lead by builds this like unshakable trust. When you, when you do this consistently, uh, you're going to build a trust with the people that you're charged with leading as long as you're doing it. So the second that you don't, the second that you're not leading by example and that, that you violate one of your own standards and they see it, it it's, a, it's a big hit. And you need to understand that 
that trust is just critical because there's going to be times where you're not going to have time to explain something. You're not going to have time to sell them on it. There's going to be something where you're in a time crunch or there's a big mission requirement that comes up and you're going to need to stare them in the face and be like, go do this right now. And you don't have time for questions and you, what you can't afford and if you will encounter, if you don't have this trust, is that they're not going to be willing to just immediately follow you and just immediately snap to and go knock this out because you're on top of it because they trust that you have the big picture and they trust that you've got their best interests at heart and you've already thought of everything because that's what you're doing on a consistent basis and they trust you. They trust that you're doing those things. The second that you you violate that trust, it's going to complicate and inhibit your ability to lead them and to get them to do what you need them to do. Uh, belief is another one and they're, and they're linked where that they believe in you and they believe what you say because you give them a reason to. And like I said, it's very linked to trust. They believe you and they believe what you're saying is true because you've demonstrated to them consistently that what you say and what you tell them to do and the path you're leading them down is the right one. Uh, you've shown them through experience and they've seen through their own experiences that when you tell them to do things a certain way or that when you take the time to train them to do something that it works and that you're doing it with their best interest at heart instead of just quickly getting the task done no matter how it affects them, whether negatively or just a missed positive opportunity. They know that you're thinking and taking all those things into account because you care about them and it inspires that belief and that belief is huge. And then loyalty is created when these things add up. So you've got the trust and then they believe in you and you gain loyalty long term by, by consistently championing these concepts, you're going to create loyalty when you build this trust and belief and your charges will run through a brick wall for you, even if they don't like you. And I say that with like envision those air quotes again, you know, like the, even if they don't like you, uh, you don't have to be friends for them to follow you through, through that kind of adversity at as their leader, because when you build this trust and belief, I'm telling you, they're going there. Why wouldn't they? If they trust that you're taking care of them and they believe in you implicitly, they're going to follow you and they will follow you anywhere because they know that you've got them. They know that you got their back and, you, and they know that you have their best interests at heart and that you're there for them. And they will absolutely like that loyalty is, is tremendous. And that loyalty is something that when built it's it's such a tremendous thing. I, I kind of in the past when I talk to people about it, I've compared it to like a uh, like a checking account, like where you build up with all these little things over time. You start to build, you know, credit. You get got got cash in the bank, so that when you have those things I described earlier, where you need to draw on that credit, where it's like you know, hey guys, it's gonna be a long day today. We got a lot to knock out. We're gonna be staying till eighteen, nineteen, twenty hundred, and doing a lot of things today. Uh, I've got the credit to get that done where they're not even going to blink. They're just going to be like, got it, you know, got it, chief. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do because they know I'm going to take care of them on the back end. And so when you build up that credit, you can do things like that. When you don't, it's going to be very, very difficult. If you get it done at all, you're going to get it done very slowly. It's not going to be as efficient. It's not going to be as good of a product. And you're going to struggle through motivating those people to get that work done. And that's the difference. Uh, between having loyalty and not. So now some examples of leadership by example. So one of the ones that I bring up the most because it's something that everybody has this frame of reference because we all start in the same place uh, at RTC. I talk about uniforms. I'm a uniform freak. I, I'm 
I go out of my way to maintain my uniform at a very, very high level. And I even do things that I don't have to do, even though I like I can maintain my uniform at a high level and not do things like shine leather shoes. Like when I wear my khakis or my dress uniforms, I, sh- I shine black leather shoes um, and they're glowing. Like I take the time. To, I, I take a lot of pride in that. Uh, and, and I don't do that because I like shining shoes. It's a pain. I don't, I don't like doing it. It's not therapeutic. It's not something I enjoy doing at all. Uh, it's time consuming. It's messy. You know, I mean, I, everybody's been there. Uh, I don't like doing it, but I do it and I do it on purpose because I know how it's perceived. And I actually told the story today. I was talking to an Ellis one that works with me and I was, I was explaining to him that, uh, I was at a sale of the quarter board as a second class. And I, and I don't even know why at the time I shined leather shoes back then. Maybe I just didn't feel like spending the money on chloroframs, but, uh, I did. And they were very shiny and I took a very, took my uniform very seriously back then because like I've said in previous episodes, I had been put in a supervisory position for the first time. And the only thing I knew how to do was lead by example. Cause that's how my dad taught me to do things. And so I knew that for anyone to follow me in, in uniform maintenance or anything else for them that I, I it was something I was concerned with them taking me seriously. And so I thought that was a, a great reason to maintain my uniform in that way. But then I also learned by do, by doing it that them seeing me in my uniform like that inspired them to do the same thing. And so it was not as big of a fight to get them to do it if I'm walking around in a, in a squared away uniform, you know, with shiny shoes and everything else. So um, I was at this board and I was, you know, every if you haven't been to like a sailor to quarter board or something to that effect, when you walk into the room, the one of the first things you do, uh, so you you know render a hand salute and present yourself to the board. You report, you know, like good afternoons, uh, you know, petty officer, whoever, uh, reporting for sale of the quarter board is ordered, and then they say ready to, and then they do like this uniform inspection. Uh, so they have you do some facing movements so that they can examine your uniform. Uh, so they were doing this, and then at kind of at the end, once they're done with the uniform inspection, they say, okay, you know, have a seat. And when they said that, I, I could hear my chief down at the end of the table, like very enthusiastically say, those are leather shoes he's wearing. <laughs> and and apparently that wasn't normal. Uh, and he was very proud of the fact that his his uh, CS2 had these super shiny leather shoes. And it made a big impact on me that that was my chief saying that and, and just the tone of his voice. And he was saying it to all these master chiefs and senior chiefs in the room, like, yeah, that's my guy, you know? And so that made an impact on me very early on. And then I learned through experience that if you want somebody to do something like maintain their uniform at a high level, you need to be doing it yourself. Or how can you with a straight face, look at the person that you're charged with leading and say, I need you to do this. It goes back to that walking the walk piece. If you're not doing it, why should I? And that's exactly what they're thinking. If you're trying to tell them they got to shine your boots and yours look like you just walked through a mud puddle, it's, you know, it's not even going to register. They're going to laugh at you in their mind and not take and just blow you off because why should I? And so in combination with that, and I, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent with the uniform thing, but in concert with that, knowing why is key to kids that are coming into the military nowadays. And so when I say, hey, maintain your uniform at a high level, even if I'm standing there with a superset uniform, uh, they're still kind of scratching their head like, why? Like, why should I do this? Uh, and so so what I use for that is heritage um, and, and storytelling. And I, I tell them why it's important. I tell them about the 240 years of history that came before them. And I 
Tell them why they have bell-bottom pants on. Uh, tell them what, what the, the cape and their dress weights means and why is that important. And, and talk to them about the history. And especially, you can make it hit home with rating specific history. So for me, as a, as a CS chief, I use a lot of rating specific history. And I talk about Jacob Wasby being the first chief. And I talk about Dory Miller being the first African-American to ever be awarded the Navy Cross for Valor. Uh, and I talk about William Pinckney uh, and, and Leonard Harmon. And they're all guys that are all part of the CS rating and all did amazing things and are big pieces of naval history. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that those significant figures in history were cooks. And so it hits home with them. And I tell them we got five Medal of Honor winners, which almost no one in my rate knows uh, that there's five Medal of Honor winning cooks out there. And so it's a very powerful thing that you can use and you can use your ratings history to do this uh, to motivate them to understand that you're not pulling on some uniform you got issued to you at boot camp. You're pulling on Dory Miller's uniform. You're pulling on Chief Thomas's uniform. And, and that's a responsibility you carry with you, whether you like it or not, because you join the Navy and that's what comes with it. And that's why it's important. You need to properly represent them to your shipmates, to you know, the people you're charged with leading and then to the civilian population, like that's a responsibility. You have U.S. Navy stitched on your chest. And, and that's not something that, you know, was unfairly thrust upon you. Like you, you joined the Navy, like you volunteered to do this. And so it's your responsibility to represent the Navy and the 240 years of people that came behind you uh, and the, and represent the accomplishments of those people and the things that they did properly. It's your responsibility to do that. And so when you passionately express that concept what I've noticed, and I've gotten literal feedback from, from students I've sent out to the fleet, that if I just tell them, you need to maintain your uniform because Chief said so, I mean, that lasts until I walk around the corner. But if I communicate this in the way that I just described with passion and with storytelling and communicate that heritage and I tell them this is why it's important and this is why I do it, when they get out there, that sticks with them. And that's something that I've gotten literal feedback from those kids when they get out there saying that we're the only re ones out here maintaining our uniform like this chief. And God, you were right that, you know, people let it slip and stuff like that because uh, they don't have the same motivation that those students have because of that delivery and because you've trained them to understand why it's important. And so they get out there and it sticks with them and it sticks with them for a much longer period of time if it ever goes away. And and then they're maintaining their uniform at the level that they should. And so leading by example in that matter, it's much, much more effective than just saying it, just talking the talk, but not walking the walk. So sorry, that went a little long. Uh, and then another example of leading by example is get in the trenches. And, and I've talked about this a little bit previously, but show your people you're willing to do the same things that they are. Um, and, and show them that showing them this, it, you're also showing them that you care and that you're like right there with them. You're right next to them doing it. And so this can be something that for lower level leaders, for you junior level leaders out there, this is something that um, you're probably going to be doing this on some level anyway. You're, because in, in even though you're positionally a supervisor, a lot of times you're doing a similar work that, that they are on some, on some level. Um, and, and so you're going to be in there anyway. But if you're not, if you're in some kind of a position where you're in a supervisor position, and so you're not expected to get your hands dirty all the time, do it anyway. And I'm not talking about micromanagement or getting in the way, which if you take this too far, that's exactly what you'll be doing. But look for opportunities to get next to somebody that needs a little bit of motivation or that you need to build that belief and trust and loyalty with and take the time to 
stand next to them, help them clean, you know, how get on your hands and knees and help them clean something out, get on your hands and knees and help them do, you know, whatever dirty, nasty task they need to do, or look at it as, as a training opportunity, like go in there as something as a chief I'll do. I'm not expected to go into the galley and, and sling hash like all my younger cooks, but I can go in there and take the opportunity to train them on something. And I'm gonna get in there, I'm gonna get my hands dirty, I'm gonna show them that A, I know how to do it, and I am in fact a technical expert instead of just saying I am one. And then B, I'm gonna, they're gonna get to interact with me, spend some quality time with their chief, build that rapport, uh, and that's where that trust and loyalty comes from. And so you spend the time with them in there, in the trenches, doing the same thing they're doing, showing them that you can and that you will and that you have that willingness to do that and that you care about them because you're in there, even though you don't have to be, nobody made you do it. Uh, and you're in there training them and spending the time with them and getting in there uh, and showing them that you care. Uh, and so taking the time to get in there with them and do the things that they do and show them that you're willing to do everything, everything that you will tell them to do is big and and even something that like is as simple as uh, sometimes I used to boot guys out of the galley on their duty days and I'd stand there twenty four hour duty on their birthday uh, as a, as a, like a second or a first class or even a chief like I'd go in there and just be like you know you don't got duty today go home you know um, or just a task you know oh it's your birthday today so I'll take this off your hands just just I however you want to do it. And you don't have to do it the way I'm describing it to you at, like in detail, but take the time to find those opportunities to uh, get in the trenches with them and show them that you're, you'll do everything that, that you're telling them to do. Uh, it'll go a long way. Um, and so uh, it's conclusion time already. Can you believe it? I didn't go an hour long this time. Uh, so we talked about what leadership by example is, right? We got into walking the walk, not just talking to talk. Uh, and not hiding behind a facade because none of us are perfect. You need to be willing to use the stumbles and the ex experiences you've gone through by making mistakes and use those uh, as as teaching tools uh, so that other people can learn from your mistakes. And then passion. Passion's a big one, and passion is one that I don't think is recognized for the powerful leadership tool that it is. Uh, it's something that you. it's okay to let them see how passionate you are about something, and when you do that, they're going to see and they're going to receive it in a different way if you had just communicated it in a, in a normal monotone voice. Let them see how much you care about this stuff because if you care, they care. Uh, it's going to translate. And then we talked about why this is so powerful, right? Trust, belief, and loyalty, okay? Building that trust with them is is the initial piece. It's kind of like laying the foundation. You need to build a, tr a trust with them. And I, I, I say rapport a lot, and that's kind of what I'm referring to. You need to take the time to build that trust and rapport. And one of the ways you can do that that I don't, didn't talk about earlier is taking the time to explain things to them when it's appropriate uh, and when you have time to do so. Anytime that it's appropriate and that I can, I usually do. And I do that because this generation wants to know why. They want to know why all the time and they're not questioning authority for the sake of doing it. They just are curious and they're trying to figure it out and they're trying to figure out how it works and why they're doing it and learn. And they're trying to learn so that in the future when you tell them these things, when you've built that trust, they, they're not going to ask why. They're just going to say, aye, aye, chief, and they're going to go do it. And they're going to do it well because they trust you and they believe in you. And then belief through trust, you're going to build a belief where you're not going to have to explain it so often because they're just going to trust that you've already thought it through. And they're going to trust that you've got the big picture in mind and that you've got their best interests at heart. 
And then loyalty is kind of the end game here is they're going to be extremely loyal to you so that when the day comes that you have to demand like very, very high level of performance and discomfort (laughs) and something that normally they wouldn't want to do because it's you asking and they're loyal to you. They're not even going to blink. And I'm telling you. It's unshakable loyalty because I've seen it in the eyes of the people that work for me. And when you take the time to build it, it's tremendous. And then we gave some examples like I talked about with the uniforms and then just getting in the trenches. So in closing, I just want to say that this whole concept, if you roll it all up into one kind of sentence, I would say be the leader you wanted to follow. Um, when I, I went through a lot of negative leadership experiences, negative leaders that were leading me, uh, and, and I was starving for that one positive leader, like that just amazing leader that was going to teach me everything I needed to know about leadership because I didn't feel like I was getting it. And I had it explained to me by one of my exos that I was getting a very, very powerful leadership example from these people that were failing me because they were giving me a living talking, breathing example of what not to do. I was I was making a list mentally, even though I didn't know it yet, of all the things I was not going to do when I was a leader. And so in doing so and bringing this to my attention, I was just like, wow, like this is all the things that I'm not going to do, which helps narrow, you know, the list of things that I, I will do, but also just there are situations that when they arise, I will not allow the sailors I lead to be put in the same position I was in. I'm just like, no, I've been there. We are not doing that. This is something that I will not allow to happen to you. That And that's pat the passion coming out, right? It's like, I, I will never allow them to go through the same pain that I had to go through because I went through it already. I experienced that. You know, use the powerful examples that you've had either positive or negative, like I was just talking about, and mold yourself in a leader that you always wanted, that you always yearn for. Um, they're out there just starving for this leadership, and you have the opportunity to give it to them, and that's why this is so important. Go be the leader that you always wanted. You sat there, and you and you questioned the leadership that you had, and you're like, man, when I'm in that position, I'm not going to do it that way, or I really wish I had a good chief, right? Like I was saying earlier, I was always just wishing I had this amazing leader, I, you know, I didn't get it until way later in my career when I was already wearing anchors to work. I got finally got that leadership example I was looking for, and he wasn't perfect either. But I got, I finally had that clarity where I was like, you know, I, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be the leader that I always wanted. I'm going to be the leader that I wanted to follow, so that even though I didn't get it in the way that I always wanted it, I am going to provide that for someone else. I'm going to create an experience for them that they don't have to endure what I had to endure because that's something I have control over, right? We've talked about that in the past, control what you can control. You have the opportunity to do this for these people and it's your responsibility to do it, to go out there and be the best leader that you can possibly be. Uh, So go give it to them. And that's all I've got for this episode. Uh, I really hope it's something that hit home and it's something that uh, you can take out there and add to your toolbox and just really get a go away from this understanding how important and impactful leadership by example is. Because if you're doing it, this isn't even you know something that you have to do that's going to take up a tremendous amount of your time. It is difficult, but it's something that you're already doing, you're already providing an example all day, every day, at, through every action that you take, through every word that comes out of your mouth and the and the way that it comes out of your mouth and your body language and the way you present yourself in your uniform and, and on and on it goes. You are already 
providing an example to them. The question is, what kind of example is it? And you need to ask yourself that question. You need to examine the example that you are providing and then put it, put a mirror in front of it. Is that the example that you want to provide? Is that the leader that you want to be? Is that the leader that you always wanted for yourself? Ask yourself those tough questions and give yourself tough, honest answers. Don't be afraid to ask other people to answer those questions for you. Be receptive to that feedback so that you can be the leader that you always wanted. And with that, uh, that's all for episode six. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. 